I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about your story, when you think about the images that might come to mind as you think about what God's been doing in your life. For me, I think of the image of a marathon. I feel like this last year, really more realistically, year and a half, I felt like probably a year and a half ago, I started running a marathon I never thought I would run. Um, I actually, if you know me, I don't like to run. Um, I like to chase things when I run. I like to play basketball. I like to play soccer. I grew up playing soccer, but I don't like to just go run to run. And yet I feel like what we have gone through as a church family, as a church body over the last um, year and a half, I feel like I was running a marathon. And, and if I think about, like, what the marathon was like, I, I imagine, like, for me, like, a year and a half ago, we went through a lot of hard moments together as a church. And I think we all learned a lot. I think God was speaking to all of us, and I think he taught us a lot of lessons. And I feel like as, as we started to lift our heads, or certainly I can speak for myself, as I started to lift my head a little bit and feel like we're coming towards the finish line of this race that was enduring, um, again, it was hard. Um, it difficult, but I felt like as we're getting to that finish line, and as I crossed that finish line, uh, COVID hit. And what I thought was a marathon and finishing, the, finishing at the end um, was actually a triathlon. And I was handed a bike to jump on and to start riding because COVID hit, and, and in, in literally seven days, we had to reinvent the way we do church, the way we gather together or not gather together in person, but in other ways. And, and although the methods of church changed, right, the goal never changed. Our eyes were still on Jesus, and they were still focused on Jesus, and our attention was on him. And I think that's one of the reminders I think that we need to have as a church is that the goal will never change. It better not. The methods change all the time. And as those methods changed and as COVID hit and as we all adjusted, um, um, I felt like I was riding that bike with all I could and trying to figure out the new course that we were on, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And as I finished uh, the bike race, if I can stay with my analogy of a triathlon, the racial divide in our nation blew up in our face or was maybe revealed might be a better way to say. And the political divide happened and I believe as we started swimming and as we started fit trying to finish this race as a church, we didn't want to just um, maybe just pretend like this wasn't happening, but we wanted to open up God's word. We're people of God's word, right? We're people that in congregation, we asked the question, where is it written? And we wanted to come together as a body. This is part of our story is when things happen in our life, we continue to not look to organizations or the media or other things, we look to God's word and we say, what does God's word have to say about this? And we open it up together. And we put together a plan together. And one of the plans that we had in place was we did not want to just throw tokenism at some of these issues. For instance, the issue of the racial divide in our, con in our congregation, but also in our nation. More so in our nation. We wanted to open up God's word and say, how can God's kingdom be on earth as it is in heaven? And so we started gathering together and talking about it and, and, and asking the question, God, where are you in this journey? And we didn't want to just have a Sunday morning where we talked about it and then moved on to the next thing. That was not what we were going to do. 
And so as we open up God's word and as we put our eyes on it, one of the things we did was we put together a 12-month plan to just help walk our congregation through this, this question, the many questions that we had. And again, with God's word at the center of who we are. And one of the things that we did was we had a class that we did through our uh, Right Now Media. Right Now Media is kind of like Christian Netflix, if I can say it that way. And there's a wonderful study on there by Tony Evans. And Tony, just, just, he can speak into issues and topics in a powerful way. And so as Tony was speaking, um, we would listen to Tony speak through, these, uh, through Right Now Media, and then we would have time to discuss it over Zoom. And our, our group that was gathered over Zoom was, was a group that was not just Hillcrestors. It was actually people all over the country. And there was a man by the name of John that was on, and John lived in Maryland. John grew up in the military, and John had experienced a lot of racism in his life. And he was sharing about the love of God and, and, and just the way that God was speaking to him in different ways. And somebody asked him the question, John, how, do you, how have you dealt with racism in your life? Like when it, when it happens and when you've experienced it, how do you deal with it? And John, in just a really just beautiful way, he said, well, I use the 101% rule. And we all kind of looked at him like a lot of you just looked at me when I said that. And we kind of were like, well, that's interesting, John. Tell us what's the 100%, 101% rule. And he said, well, what I do is I look at the person or the group of people and I find the 1% in their life that I love and that look like Jesus, and I give 100% of my attention to that. Isn't that a beautiful picture of maybe what our lives could look like in the divided world we live in? Like, what would it look like for you and me to tell our story moving forward if we look at every person we come in contact with? And although we might not always agree on certain things, what if we look for the 1% in that person that we can agree on and we give 100% of our attention to that? Imagine what it might do to our relationships. Imagine the opportunities it might open up for us to share the love that we have for Jesus, to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. My brothers and sisters, I believe that the church should be shining right now. I believe that if we stand up on the stage next year, one year from now, and we start telling our stories, my prayer is that you and I, would have a story of redemption to be told, a story where Jesus took the center of everything that we are doing. That Jesus was the focal point of our stories. And I think if we can look at people the way Jesus sees us, because we're all broken people, we all have things in our life that are messed up. And if maybe we took what John said, the 100, 101% rule, and we looked for the 1%, we said, I'm going to give 100% of my attention to that 1%. Because too often we get distracted by the 99%. Too often we put words in people's mouth that we think that they might be doing certain things in certain ways with certain agendas. But what if, what if we saw people the way maybe Jesus sees us? He looks at us and he says, hey, I love you. I care about you. I'm going to pursue your life. And I want to use you in a powerful way. My prayer is that this stage will be filled with story after story after story of ways that God uses you and he uses me to make a difference for his kingdom. Now we're going to transition to, we're going to watch a movie, or a movie, a video. We're not watching a movie. We're going to watch a video. And I think this is a great example. Mike and Marianne Bettis, wonderful people, been a part of Hillcrest for many, many years. Mike and Marianne have a heart for people in KCK. And they've been volunteering at Mission Adelante. 
And this is their story of the way God has used them and has worked through them as they care for people and they love people in the name of Jesus. Kids Adelante was meeting at the, the Meeks home. And so we went there first and when Alan um, found out I had worked with children, I immediately started working with Kids Adelante. So that, that was in 2006, so that was just a, a year after um, Michigan Adelante had originated. Mm-hmm. We both have been involved with uh, the English classes and with uh, Kids Adelante. Uh, that's been our primary focus. Uh, it's been neat to see the uh, Some of the kids that we had in Kids Adelante have now become adults and parents, and their kids are in Kids Adelante now. Both I and Marianne uh, enjoy building relationships with students. Uh, I can't remember the number of times that I have started out in level one and progressed with the level one students all the way up through level five. It's interesting to see the progress in their English from, you know, level two through, you know, the, you know, through the trimester. You know, it's something about, you know, the worship services are all in Spanish and we aren't real fluent in Spanish, but you're worshiping the the same God Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, um, it's really very special to, to do that. The Apostle Paul really uh, spoke about gifts. Like you mentioned, uh, both Mary and I feel we've got uh, gifts in, in serving others. Uh, and as, as she mentioned, you know, hosp- hospitality is one thing that, that we enjoy doing. working with the, either the English classes or with Kids Autolante or as uh, leaderships and training, uh, the citizenship class, all of those areas are available for volunteers to, in a way, get plugged in and use their gifts. They can provide the hands and feet of Jesus. amazing story from the Bettises, is it not? They are um, visiting their grandchildren in Iowa this week, um, but they were telling me how they were excited to share their story with you guys. My name's Nicole Guthrie. I'm one of the pastors here, and I get to share a few stories of how I've seen God work in this last year. Um, I think COVID for um, me in particular, um, the Lord has been challenging me. Do you believe what I have written is true? Um, And in that, I've had the opportunity on the NextGen team to be able to pray for families who've gone through really hard crisis. Um, And I'm going to read a few of their stories and what they've had to say about that. Um, But this scripture um, in Matthew 21, where Jesus is clearing the temple, and what he says here is what's really struck out um, and has challenged me in this year. 
Jesus says, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer. We had a family um, approach me um, and their um, daughter um, was, it was uncertain of what was going on. Um, there was a diagnosis at potential melanoma in her brain, um, but they were unsure. It wasn't black and white, and it was the time of trying to really figure out what was going on when I, um, when they approached me. So needless to say, um, it was a distraught time, right? It felt out of control, um, not knowing what to do, no one to give answers, and we got to be the church to be grounded in the house of prayer for them. So I met with the mom and the dad and with the Next Gen team, and we um, got to sit and listen, to pray, to sing over, and hear what God had to say about their daughter and them. So this is, this is um, their words to us about their story. God met us in our time of uncertainty and worry. He literally picked us up off our knees and guided us through the fog we were walking in. How he met us in our prayer time, we all shared together, and, remi and rem he reminded us all that she is beloved, and he is holding her so closely in his hands. He talked to the father of this family and assured him that it would be okay through hoots of an owl. He provided Nicole and Hillcrest staff to meet us and remind us that she's a blessing to us, and we are blessed to, we are blessed to have her. And all that we need is to have grace for ourselves, each other, extended family, and friends through this time. And that still rings true and always will today. Nicole and I talked on the phone and through prayer provided peace, so I was able to eat dinner and sleep that night. The amazing support that God put in our life right when we need it and how he met us to get through, sometimes minute by minute, truly gave us the strength of faith to go on in hope to know that no matter the diagnosis, it would be okay. And it is really what is keeping me moving forward today, as I still struggle with the worry of what could happen versus living in the day and being thankful for that. I remember daily, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. After the doctors, the second doctor, um, this child came back clear, no melanoma, was found in her brain. What a miracle from God. Um, the actual very next week, um, the Baystrom family called our team and told, and they were adopting a, a son. Um, he was born at 29 weeks, and he um, had an ultrasound on day seven, um, but in day seven, that ultrasound came back normal, but on day 30, the ultrasound showed that there was brain damage and a cyst on his brain stem. And he was diagnosed with a very big long word, um, but the acronym is PVL. Um, basically, they, weren't unsure, they were unsure of what was going to happen. It could be anything minor from a learning disability all the way to cerebral palsy. So they called us, um, and we again sat with the bass drums, this time over Zoom. And we prayed, we listened, and we sang. And we got to hear what God had said over Malachi. Um, this is what Scott had to say. Between the second ultrasound and the MRI, when we prayed for him, the whole time we were praying, Malachi kept smiling. When powerful things were said about him, even, through, he couldn't, even though he couldn't hear it, was being said over Zoom, 
um, he was smiling. Even when we said Malachi, we, we had discerned that Malachi had been rescued to rescue others. About a week or so later, Malachi had his MRI, and the results showed his brain was completely normal. No white matter, no cyst. Just miraculous healing of someone who is loved by so many people who covered him in prayer even before they knew him. Jessica had to say, the prayer for me felt peaceful, and I felt God's presence and joy in the church's body coming together and praying for his child. The Lord was with us. Many of the nurses witnessed the prayer and saw Malachi's results afterwards, and many professed it was a miracle. I have Malachi right here to show you. Say I'm a rescuer. I just want to pray that we would continue to be that house of prayer for people who are distraught and believing that God says who he says he is. He is a miracle worker. So God, we thank you. Just the stories of healing and how you meet us in times um, of uncertainty, of our lowest of lows, God, that you are the miracle worker, Lord. You're the way maker. God, would we stand on the truth of what you've said to us, God? And God, would Malachi continue to grow and be the one who was rescued to rescue others? In your name, amen. Yeah, what a cutie. All right, I get the honor of uh, recognizing our next Larson Award. The Larson Award started back in 2013, and this is uh, started after uh, the board at that time recognized uh, Roger and Chris Larson for just all the work and, and support they had done on a volunteer basis. The, the Larsons, I saw them this morning, they continue to, to be outstanding stewards uh, serving uh, various roles here at Hillcrest. So in the past, as I said, we tried to recognize each year the board uh, nominates and approves uh, an individual for the award. And this year, we're doing something a little different, and we're going to actually award it to a not just an individual, but to an uh, entire small group. Uh, this small group has consistently been meeting throughout the pandemic. Uh, the small group has served almost every single individual here at Hillcrest. And the, the team, the small group works very well together as a team. Now, this team makes a lot of us sound good and, and look good. So if you haven't determined yet what group of individuals I'm referring to, I would like to recognize and present this 2020-21 Larson Award to our tech team. Give them a round of applause. They, they obviously, uh, you'll see all their names there on the screen or, or online, and, and because they are downstairs or in the back. None of them can come up here and receive this award. So after I'm done, I'll go downstairs and, uh, and, and fist bump them and thank them for what they've done. Because if it wasn't for their continual effort right from that first week of the pandemic and when we had to close our doors and, and do only online, uh, you know, we all 
had the opportunity to continue to worship our Lord and Savior uh, through the uh, technology. So thank you, and we'll talk to you later. So I'm going to invite uh, Jimmy Tompkins to come up at this time. Jimmy is our, our church um, bookkeeper, uh, kind of keeps track of finances and how things are going, and um, just wanted to ask him a few questions. He's also on the tech team, so he's probably running from downstairs up here. And, yes, uh, I did. Good, good timing there. He's <laughs> yes. coming right in. Um, so just a couple of questions for you, Jimmy. What, what are you noticing about the financial support, support of those who are part of the Hillcrest community here? So God has has been really has blessed us to be a blessing to this community through, through and the, the giving is, is one of those things that that, that is, is evident and you can see more about it in the annual report that you've picked in, picked up but God has just been gracious and blessed us through um, through this pandemic through the times that we've been in and and I, my hope is that He will continue. We've already approved a budget. For next year, but I pray that He will continue to provide through us as a family um, to, to to this community. And normally, I would have, have been given a report of of all of the of independent analysis of, of how our finances um, were 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 uh, worked through the through the year. We had trouble finding the right individuals in the right time, but we will be presenting. We have a date. September 25th, that we'll be reviewing the the books and records, and we'll be make a presentation in uh, one of our next quarterly updates about uh, how things looked. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate you taking care of that and the team, making sure that we're clear with our books. Uh, last question is just as a family or maybe individually, how have you experienced God's work in your life as, uh, through giving? Through giving. So about 10 years ago, I, I lost my job. Um, and I had been a, my family and I have been regular, regular givers, and we just felt like uh, the, the verse that keeps coming to my head is, my grace is sufficient to you. So we wanted to continue to give, even though I, I, I had a severance, so we, we tithed that. Uh, when that ran out, so I had unemployment, and I tithed that, and we just felt like, 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 like I said, his grace is sufficient. And this, fam this church as a family was able to uh, meet the needs that we had that, that were above and beyond what, what the, the funds that were coming in. So I just feel like God's, God blessed us through this church to allow us to continue to give. Uh, so that, that is where, where, I, where I hope that anybody that is in that situation right now, that they know that, that this church and this family will will help us help them through the tough times that, that they're going through. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate your faithfulness leading us financially. And uh, we want to see another story, one last story through video. And, and this is Sabrina and, and Caitlin uh, sharing about their friendship and how God has used um, their friendship to grow their faith. So watch this with me. Caitlin, um, she's a beautician, and so I would um, go to see her once about well, once a week. And um, we, we, the one thing that just really blessed our friendship or really got us started is we both loved to laugh a lot, and so we just <laughs> would say funny things to each other. And 
just like this, we would just start laughing into each other and we just felt really comfortable with each other. You know, sometimes you meet somebody and you just click and I think that's the way our friendship was. Um, and I think what helped our friendship grow was I kind of, like as we started getting closer and closer, um, I just started kind of asking her for advice on certain things, relationships, friendships, and things like that. And um, I think it just kind of escalated to asking more about Jesus. Like she kind of prayed over me and um, it just kind of grew from there. I can't well, I think one of the first things that started um, just me being bold and um, just talking about the Lord to her, she had said she had arthritis and that she had, um, she, it was very painful for her. And so just one time I asked her if I could pray for her. And so that was, that was a big, you know, a big deal just to ask, you know, for her just to let me pray for her. And I feel like that kind of opened it up even more. Like it just made me be like, oh, like you can do that. Like it was just, it just furthered our friendship for sure. You want to share your story about your arthritis, what happened? Yeah. Um, in 2015, um, I tore my ACL and I ended up getting diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and it was to the point where it was kind of, um, I missed a lot of school, which I was okay with, but, um, and it was just very crippling and I finally got on the right medication, um, to where it like really kind of balanced out. Um, but it was, it was bad enough to where if I missed a dose, I was supposed to take weekly doses. And if I missed doses, it would be very, um, crippling. Like you would start to and kind of head to toe all my joints would really start to tighten up. Um, and through this journey of my friendship with Sabrina and um, my boyfriend Ethan um, of, so that was back in 2015, so then of, what did I say, July 18th, um, Ethan actually, my boyfriend prayed over me and um, he told me he felt the Holy Spirit and he had healed me and actually um, it's been almost two months now since I've taken my medication and um, I believe that I'm healed now. And one of the things, too, I want to say that Caitlin did is she started getting up every morning thanking the Lord for healing her. Oh, yeah. And I shared with her that Caitlin, that's incredibly discerning, but do you know how much God loves it when you tell him thank you for something? Like like God's heart just skips a beat. He just mm-hmm. loves it when his children are thankful. Mm-hmm. And so I just really tried to encourage her in her prayer time that, you know, gratitude is just, you know, something that we all forget, but that that was a great thing to be doing, mm-hmm. no matter how that all turned out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As their friendship has grown, uh, you know, there's both sides at play there. We have Sabrina, who's being faithful to what God is doing in her life and, and the difference Jesus has made in her and how she shares that with this new friend as they grew in friendship over the, over the years. And then Caitlin coming to see God in a new way and experiencing his healing. And just six weeks ago, she was here at church and, and, and decided to follow Jesus with her life because of her friendship with Sabrina and the witness and the movement of God in her life. And it just reminds me how God is always working. Uh, Just like we sang this morning, when we don't see it, when we don't feel it, God is still working. Uh, God is still transforming lives, and that's what we want to be about as a church community, to see lives being transformed, people coming to know Jesus and growing in their faith, and then those of us who are walking with Jesus, 
being so um, inspired by God that we would allow his love and his grace just to flow out of our lives uh, into our neighborhoods where we work, at our schools, in our families, that others might come to know him as well. That's our prayer and our desire. And I'm looking forward to next year when we have this time again to celebrate what happened in 2020, 20, or 21, 2021 to 2022, the good things that God is going to do in the year ahead. Uh, sometimes it may feel like we're wandering out through life uh, in the desert, in the wilderness. You know, we're not lost, but we're just wandering. But God is still working and still um, present with us. And the next 10 weeks, we're going to look at the stories of Moses as he was leading the people through those wilderness seasons in the Old Testament. And we're going to see how in Moses' life, God showed up in powerful ways. We're going to talk about things like emotions and, and friendships and rest and trusting God even when we don't know the way and see that God is faithful to us. And so I'm excited to see what he's going to do in this new season together. One of the things I've been really thankful about at this church is the leaders that are here, your, the staff team, and how they have given themselves to the work of the kingdom. Uh, your governance board, uh, your, your elected leaders of this church, uh, Jeff and, and Jimmy being two of those, and, and, and how God is working through the leaders of this church. And I'd like to close by taking a moment just to pray for them and to lift up our, our leaders. And uh, this is also a time in the, the year when we start to think about new leaders that will be coming onto the board in January. And it's during this time that we ask you to nominate people in the church, those who are following Jesus that you think would be good leaders on our board. So I'd love to ask you to start to think about that, pray about who are the ones that God might put on your heart that could be leaders for us into the future. And out in the lobby, you'll see a little uh, place where you can nominate people. You can fill out a little form or there's a QR code there where you can go online and fill out an online piece to nominate someone for the different roles in the, in the next year. So I want you to be thinking about that and praying about that as well. But let's take a moment and just lift up our staff and our leaders. Many of them are outside getting the block party ready or helping out with students and kids right now. So they might not be in the room, but let's, let's pray for them and ask God to be at work in their lives. Father, we thank you for Hillcrest, and we thank you for those that you have called out to lead us as a church community. I'm so thankful for the staff that are here, Lord, for the ways that that they have felt your call in their life, the ways you have gifted them, and for the work that they are doing to draw us together as a church, to equip us, to call us into action, that we might be part of your kingdom here on earth, Father God. Um, I ask that you would bless them and encourage them in this season. Um, as we continue to try to understand what you'd have us do now, Lord, I pray that you would guide our staff and allow us to see where you are working and see that invitation you have for us to join you in that work. I pray for our governance board, Lord, that you would um, continue to encourage them, give them wisdom, give them discernment as they uh, face different challenges and different opportunities in the year ahead. Would you uh, prepare them and inspire them and, and help them to see a way forward together? Uh, we pray for the new leaders, Lord, that you are going to call out in this year and ask that you would give us wisdom as a church community about those close by us, those that we know that we think would make good leaders, Lord, help us to know when it's time to call them forward and encourage them to serve in that way. Uh, Father, thank you for this morning, a chance to celebrate your faithfulness, to celebrate the stories of uh, lives that have been transformed and affected by you. And we pray that as we continue to celebrate, Lord, that, that you will be faithful and good and you will guide us forward together as Hillcrest. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I want to invite you to stand and continue to sing with us.